Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. If you've got the, the regular or small print Bible, it's on page 1112. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against the flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Before we sit, let's pray. Lord God, human words can inspire, but only your words can feed us. Please feed us from your word this morning. Amen. Please be seated. As a little girl standing in church next to my dad, I would sing with great enthusiasm and gusto, onwards Christian soldiers marching us to war. I loved it, but didn't have a clue about what it's, its meaning. And I wonder whether even now, if I fully grasp the significance of those words. But this is what today's reading is all about. And to help us understand it a little bit more fully, I'm going to read it again from the Amplified Bible. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him, that strength which his boundless might provides. Put on God's whole armour, the armour of a heavy-armed soldier which God supplies, 
that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the despotism, against the powers, against the master spirits, which are the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. Therefore, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. And having done all the crisis demands, to stand firmly in your place. Stand therefore, hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins and having put on the breastplate of integrity and of moral restitute and right standing with God. And having shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability, the promptness and readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. Lift up over all the covering shield of saving faith upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword the spirit wields, which is the word of God. Pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. Are we, as Christians here in Seasalter, engaged in a battle? Well, today's reading gives us the answer. And the starkest warning in the whole of the New Testament concerning that battle and the enemy and how he attacks. We find who that enemy is in verse 11. His Greek title is the devil, which means slanderer. And his Hebrew title, Satan, meaning adversary. And biblical names also depict character. Verse 12 tells us that we are struggling or wrestling with him, hence the name Satan. In the Bible, wrestling is an expression used to describe hand-to-hand conflict or combat. This means individual encounter of the closest kind. Ephesians 6 was not written to unbelievers, but to people in the church at Ephesus. Our enemy wants to work in the church because he wages war on people, and in particular, Christian people who are the church. So as participants or soldiers in this battle, we need to know certain things. First and foremost, we need to realize and acknowledge that we are in a battle. However, the good news is we are not fighting for victory because that victory has already been won on the cross. 
So we are fighting from a position of victory and therefore strength. The devil's main aim is to rob us of our inheritance in Christ. And we find an illustration of this in the Old Testament, in the book of Joshua. God told the Israelites as they were about to enter the promised land, I will give you every place where you set your foot. In other words, God was telling them he'd already given them the promised land as their inheritance. All they needed to do was to go in and claim it. However, first they needed to take that inheritance away from the occupants of that land. The battle wasn't to conquer the land, but to claim what was theirs. In the same way, we have to fight against the evil forces that try to rob us of our inheritance as children of God. So who or what is the devil? Verse 12 tells us that the devil is not flesh and blood, that is physical, or a concept of evil, but a living, personal being with the power to control people and perform evil deeds. He is a spiritual force with a huge army of demons, rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. He is powerful, but God is more powerful. To quote John Stott, it is in those heavenly places, an unseen world where the principalities and powers are working, that the risen Jesus is enthroned, and we are seated with him, and the evil forces are defeated and under Christ's feet and ours. Verse 11 tells us that we, arrest, that we are battling against the devil's tactics or schemes. And these are just a few of them. He's an accuser, as seen in Revelation chapter 12. For the accuser of our brethren, he who keeps bringing before our God, charges against them day and night, has been cast out. He's constantly making accusations against us to God. But notice the last part. God has cast him and his accusations against us out of his presence. He also tries to fill our minds with accusations against God. The first of these we can see in Genesis chapter 3, when the devil accused God of keeping something good from Adam and Eve. In fact, what God was doing was trying to protect them from the knowledge of evil. And we all know the consequences of Eve believing this false accusation against God. Satan works through temptation. If you tried it on with Jesus, he's certainly going to try it on with us. He knows our weaknesses and he tries to attack us through them. So we need to be aware of those weaknesses and not put ourselves in vulnerable positions and open ourselves up to attack. Satan works through deception or lies. He will try to deceive us into thinking that his thoughts are ours. Martin Luther used to say, I cannot stop the birds, that is the devil's thoughts, from flying around my head, but I can stop them from making a nest in my hair. This is why in 2 Corinthians we read, we must take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. 
Satan has many disguises. In 1 Peter, a roaring lion trying to intimidate or bully us into submission and fear. To complete the opposite, he appears as an evil, as appears as an angel of light. Remember how he tried to use Peter's love for Jesus to stop him doing God's will. And Jesus' response to Peter was, get behind me, Satan. There are many more, but I think the most successful and dangerous is persuading people he doesn't exist. Deceiving people into thinking that he's a make-believe character with a red tail and horns, or leading Christians to forget how formidable an enemy he is. I began by saying that our reading today contains Paul's starkest warnings about the Christian's arch enemy, which could appear scary if Paul had not prefaced his warning with verse 10. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. This is where our defense against our enemy lies. Our power, energy, and strength does not come from within ourselves, but from God, who has already defeated our enemy. Our strength, however strong, is not sufficient for this battle. And if we try to go it alone, then we suffer defeat. This strength has to be acquired daily, and the armor provided by God for our defense put on daily. The purpose of this armor can be seen in verse 11, so that we can take our stand against the devil's schemes. However, before we look at the armor, we need to know and remember from verse 11, the source and supplier of that armor is God. It is his armor. And unlike when Saul offered David his armor to fight Goliath, which was no use at all because it didn't fit, our armor is tailor-made for us by God and it fits properly. But the responsibility to put it on and wear it is ours. Paul knew all these things from personal experience. And in prison, chained to a Roman soldier, could we have the, just like this handsome fella that's going to appear on the screen? Uh, he could see how he could liken his armor, that soldier's armor, to that of a Christian's. First, the belt of truth. The most important thing about the Roman soldier's belt around his waist that it was used to gather his tunic up or to tuck it in so that he could march unimpeded. The belt of truth represents a life and mind that is pulled together and ready to serve God. And it speaks of integrity or truth in our innermost being. It is part of a Christian's weapon against the devil's lies. The breastplate of righteousness this part of the soldier's armour often covered his back as well as his front, and it covered the entire upper part of his body. Each day, by faith, we need to put this breastplate of righteousness on, because in doing, 
We are affirming our position in Christ. It is his righteousness, not our own. And it is our defense against the devil's continuous accusations of sin and failure. We need reminding by faith that in Jesus, our sins are forgiven and our record made clean. The sandals or boots. These were leather with heavily studded soles, which stopped his feet from slipping, giving him a firm footing but without impeding his mobility. If a soldier couldn't stand or walk properly, then he couldn't fight. Likewise, a Christian needs a firm footing, which is the gospel of peace. This is what gives us stability and enables us to remain standing against the devil's attack. The devil hates the gospel message, which tells of his defeat and our rescue from the kingdom of darkness. Our goal as Christians is not only to stand our ground and fight, but also to move forward and spread the gospel, as, and we must be ready to do that. The shield of faith. The Roman soldier's shield was in fact enormous, and by crouching behind it, the soldier could be completely hidden. It was very substantial and often dipped in water so that the fiery darts of the enemy could be extinguished. Paul uses this image to represent the Christian's faith. Faith in God, in his power, in his promises, and faith in Jesus' death on the cross for us as individuals. This is the kind of faith mentioned in verse 16 that can withstand anything that the devil throws at us. All his fiery darts in whatever form they take, such as fear, doubt, guilt or confusion, the list is endless. Verse 6 in the New King James Version reads, above all, take the shield of faith, because the other parts of the armour won't function properly without faith. Hebrews 11 tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So faith is a vital part of the Christian life. And that is why Satan attacks it so much. The Roman soldier also used his shield to unite him with his fellow soldiers. He was able to link his shield with the other soldiers' shields and so present a solid wall against the enemy. In the same way, when we stand together in faith with fellow Christians of all denominations and don't allow divisions in the ranks, then God will give us the victory. The helmet of salvation. The Roman soldier's helmet had to be strong because his head was a vulnerable target. And this is also true for Christians. The purpose of the helmet is to protect our minds from the attacks of the enemy. When we become a Christian, our way of thinking is changed. Romans 12 tells us that it's, we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. And in Philippians 2, we are told to have the mind of Christ. No wonder the devil wants to attack our minds. 
the sword of the spirit. This was the only piece of the soldier's weaponry used for attack and defense. And in verse 17, the Amplified Bible tells us that it is the sword which the spirit wields. And of course, that sword is the word of God, which according to 2 Peter 2 was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And John 14 tells us that it is the Holy Spirit who teaches us the word of God and then reminds us of what we've learned so that we are able to put it into practice, just as Jesus did during his temptations. Other swords are powerless without the person who's using it. But the sword of the spirit, God's word, contains its own power. In Hebrews 4, we read that the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. In other words, the Holy Spirit knows our thoughts and motives and so can convict us and non-believers of sin. So we can use the word of God to attack the devil and to defend ourselves. Prayer. Finally, Paul comes to the greatest weapon of all, prayer. To quote John Stott, the word of God enlightens us while prayer enables us. In other words, prayer provides us with the courage and strength to face the enemy and to use the equipment God has provided. Firstly, prayer is the means by which we put the armor on. Secondly, verse 18, prayer must be constant, not just in times of crisis. It is from our daily prayers that we find daily strength. Thirdly, prayer must be intense and sincere. Verse 18 also tells us that prayer keeps us alert to the devil's schemes. And it mustn't be selfish. We must pray for others as well as ourselves. Remember the effectiveness of the soldier's shield when he joined it with the soldiers on either side of him? So, in conclusion, <clears throat> we need to remember that the battle is a daily one. Some days will be more intense than others. In Luke 4, we are told that at the end of Jesus' temptations, the devil left him until an opportune time. So we need to be alert and watchful at all times. Our enemy is very real, powerful and supernatural, but so is our God and he is the victor. We are on the winning side. God has fully equipped us for the battle by providing us with his armour. But it is our responsibility to wear it. The two chief weapons that the Holy Spirit gives us are God's word and prayer. And they belong together, hand in hand. And I'm going to finish by reading this passage again, but this time from message translation. 
And that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you. Well-made weapons of the best materials. And put them to use so you will be able to stand up against the devil, everything the devil throws at you. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get, every weapon God has issued, so that when, it, when it's all over, but for the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon in the same way prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. Amen.